Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. Well, congratulations to the new FedEx Cup champion, Rory McIlroy, with a dominating performance at Eastlake. Actually, the second time Rory has won, joining just Tiger Woods as the only two-time champions of the FedEx Cup. And boy, he was dominating, wasn't he, at Eastlake? I think the The big question going into the week was this new format. As you know, in the past, everybody accumulated points. And if you were in the top five going into Eastlake and you won the Tour Championship, you won the FedEx Cup. But I think it was confusing to the general public that you may have somebody who who won the Tour Championship and somebody else won the FedEx Cup, like what happened last year when Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship in that exciting comeback fashion. But Justin Rose was the one that won the FedEx Cup. So in an attempt to avoid that happening this year, the scores were reset going into Thursday, the first round of the Tour Championship. And count me as one who really didn't understand it. I wasn't sure if I liked it. Justin Thomas went in as the leader and he was set at 10 under par before the tournament even started. And Kepka was in second at eight under and then on down to 30th place, which I believe was Lucas Glover and Jason Kokrak. They started the week at even par. And I thought, how's this going to work? Well, you know what? Count me as somebody who thought it worked. It was kind of like, it was kind of like knowing that there was, there was a leader going into the first round. Normally we watch we watched the tournament Thursday and you know there's a leader going into Friday and then another leader going into Saturday. This way, we had a new leader heading into the entire tournament and that was Justin Thomas. So yeah, I think it worked. Will there be tweaks in the future? Probably. But overall, I think it was less confusing and it was pretty pretty compelling coming down the stretch when you knew that whoever won the tournament was going to win the FedEx Cup. And clearly the best players in the tournament, and really the best players all year, rose to the top. Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka. They were uh, they were incredible all year long. They both won three times. Uh, Brooks, as you know, has been so dominant in the majors. And Rory had his starts and stops along the way. He had a couple of uh, tournaments that he gave up. But I think at the very end, Rory was probably playing the best golf of anybody in the world and certainly on the PGA Tour. Brooks Kepka will probably be the player of the year. But also his redemption for Rory. If you remember last year at the Tour Championship, Rory was in that final group with Tiger Woods as Tiger made that incredible run and won the Tour Championship. So Rory had a front front row seat, but unfortunately came up short. And he mentioned that in his post-round press conference. He said, I really enjoyed playing with Tiger and watching him win, but I didn't like any bit of it because he didn't win. So that was pretty interesting comment from Rory and congratulations to him but the season is over the 18-19 season is over and the new season starts a wraparound season starts in a couple of weeks at the Greenbrier September 12th to the 15th and one topic that everyone's going to tackle or try to tackle is the issue of slow play and I've got bad news for all these tour players that are talking about it When I was 25, 26, 27 years old, and I was on the policy board back 40 years ago, we talked about slow play back then. Nothing ever changes changes, and nothing will ever change unless they have the tour officials slap penalties on these players when they get out of position or they take too long. But the difficulty is that 
in essence, the rules officials work for the players. The PGA Tour is a player-owned organization. So if a rules official starts throwing out too many one-shot or two-shot penalties, player complains, will that rules official lose his job? I don't know. It's possible, probably not probable, but it could happen. So I think the players have to be honest with themselves and talk about, is this the right direction we want to go as a tour, as as the leaders in the game? Because let's be honest, high school and college players and amateur players, they all want to emulate what the PGA Tour players do, whether it's reading greens, the yardage books, the greens books, uh, aim point on the greens, whatever it does, whatever they do, starting to slow the game down too much. So that's a topic we're going to be looking at as we go through next season. But coming up on the show this week, I have a chance to sit down with my old friend, lead guitarist with Hootie and the Blowfish, Mark Bryan. As you know, they've been away from the recording studio for a few years, but they are now back on tour and they have a new album coming out November 1st. I had a chance to see them in concert about two months ago in West Palm Beach, and they were as good as they've ever been. Darius Rucker is one of the sweetest voices in the music business today. So stick with us. Mark Bryan is coming up. Thanks for joining us. You've been here before. You know what to do. Keep your head on straight. Don't let them get to you. Put a smile on your face. Get rid of that Well, as the 2018-19 PGA Tour season comes to a close and the new season starts in a couple of weeks, it got me thinking about what's going to happen when everybody leaves Eastlake. And that's one of the things that we deal with on a weekly basis, travel. Obviously, it involves a lot of airplanes, a lot of rental cars, courtesy cars, and a lot of hotels. But one thing that's completely taken for granted is luggage and how we get our clubs and our clothes on the airplanes from city to city every week. And for me, for my 43 years of playing the PGA Tour, it's always been Club Glove, the TRS ballistic system, which is the new standard in American-made luggage. And is for so many PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, Champions Tour players, the Corn Ferry Tour players, PGA Tour Canada. Really, the PGA Tour and worldwide golf scene relies on Club Glove. We're always looking for high-quality travel needs. And the wonderful thing that I love about Club Glove is it's a soft, soft cover, but it's got wheels. I can stuff it with my tour bag, shoes, extra golf clubs. I can put my dirty laundry in there. And I feel sorry for the TSA guys that have to zip open my bag and look through my clubs, especially when I've got dirty laundry in there. But for me, year in and year out, week in and week out, it's the TRS Ballistic System by Club Glove. Thanks to my pal Jeff Harold. And you know who else uses Club Glove? Yeah, the new FedEx Cup champion, Rory McIlroy, and probably the player of the year for this season, Brooks Kepka. I'm so happy to welcome my good friend Mark Bryan to the Jake's Takes podcast. You all know Mark Bryan is one of the founding members of Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, We've done so many things in the past, not only done music, but played a lot of golf. Mark, welcome. 
Thanks, Peter. It is a joy to be sitting here with you, my friend. Thanks. We had dinner last night. Thank you for that. You're Downtown welcome. Charleston. Yeah. Beautiful place. We had a fun time catching up. Darius uh, yeah. joined us for Darius a while. Darius joined us. It was great to host you and your wife and daughter. And uh, I love your family. So here we are. Hey, we walked in and we were talking about your love of the Redskins. Yes. We just saw Dwayne Haskins, the first round pick. Uh-huh. And you're, op- you're, you're optimistic about I'm it. cautiously optimistic for, for the first time in a while. I think... Uh, I guess I guess I am at the beginning of every year when we make like we made the Alex Smith move. I got cautiously optimistic, but it's hard to get excited about the Redskins in this era just because of, uh, you know, the lack of of success we've had over the last 20 years. So um, that's about as far as I can get as cautiously, cautiously optimistic. But I will say that it looks promising. Um, I also thought the kid from Duke that went to the Giants looks like he'll have a a really good NFL career. And uh, hopefully the same is true with Haskins. And so uh, it was nice to see some good quarterbacks come out of this draft and nice to see the Redskins get one of them. I'm I'm excited about it. You were born in Maryland, but you attended the University of South Carolina, Gamecocks. That's where you met Darius and you formed a band. I didn't know this. And I know a lot about music in terms of uh, crazy little details. I didn't know that you and Darius formed a band called the Wolf Brothers. Hmm. Yeah. It's news mean, to me. Uh, it, we didn't even think to form a band, really. We just had this, uh, I had my guitar and he could sing and we we got to know each other and on the hall and I would hear him singing and we started talking about what songs we knew and we, we happened to know enough of the same songs that we could just play acoustic shows. And he's like, I got this buddy across the street that owns this bar called Pappy's and he'll, he'll uh, let us play down there if we can put a set together. So we just started figuring out what songs we both knew. And I'm telling you, Peter, right from the beginning, it was all the way across the board. I mean, we, we literally were doing like the obvious Beatles or Simon and Garfunkel kind of thing. But we also did like uh, uh, Commodore's Sail On and we did Hank Williams Jr. Family Tradition. Wow. It, very first time we ever played Darius Rucker singing Family Tradition. I'm like, how does this black dude know all the words to Family Tradition? <laughs> well, it turns out his roommate was a, a big Hank Jr. fan, and so Darius was hearing that music all the time too. And he he's always been a country fan; he's just a fan of everything across the board, including the whole Sinatra thing that he does and all. So it was interesting from the first moment we met that we could kind of do any style. And so we played a few shows, and our buddy introduced us one night, and he goes, uh, "My friends," and his nickname was the Wolf. And so the Wolf introduced us, and he goes, "My friends, the Wolf Brothers." He named us after himself. <laughs> In the moment at the <laughs> show, so we became the Wolf Brothers, and we bit, we did a handful of shows, and then um, you know Dean was my childhood and high school friend. We were in a band together in high school, and he came to South Carolina as well. So we snagged him on bass, obviously, and we found a drummer in the dorms, and and then that was Hootie and the Blowfish. So that year that you formed Hootie and the Blowfish was nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. Yes, eighty six. And I remember watching you. First time I ever saw you was on David Letterman. Yes, I was. I was a. I'm a late night guy. I love to watch uh, late night shows. And boom, yeah. David Letterman says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Hootie and the Blowfish." And you guys came on, and I immediately was was impressed with the music and the, and your style. And I've been a fan ever since. Thanks. You did yeah. six six or how many studio albums did you? Yeah, uh, well, this is our sixth one. And and I'm they're all know. like award-winning selling no, millions of, of records <laughs> nope. nope the first two though are multi-platinum the first three i guess and um 
And then after that, we had, didn't have as much success with sales, but I think we still made some great records. Um, our last album, Looking for Lucky, is as good as anything we've ever put out. And then this current one that we're about to release that doesn't yet have a name might be the best one yet. Maybe the Wolf Brothers. I, I think this one uh, ultimately will be considered better than Cracked Review. I'm going to no go out kidding. on a limb and say that. Yeah, I really do. It might take uh, two decades for someone to say that besides me, but I just think it's... I think we're making a timeless classic record right now, and I'm really excited about it. So have you seen your music morph over the years as you've gotten older? Have you changed? Do you have different styles, or is it pretty much the same Mark Bryan that we've known all the years? Um, I think that everyone grows and experiences other things, and then that morphs their style somewhat. And so I'm sure that's happened to me to some extent. But I think I definitely am, my foundation is rock and roll. And... Um, and so I think I, you'll always tr hear some of that kind of uh, energy in, in the music I make. It's just part of who I am. It's th those are the songs that make me tick. So I want to put those into the songs that I write, you know. Well, the first time I met you was actually on a golf course. We mm -hmm. were doing, you were doing Hootie and the Blowfish Monday after the Masters Pro-Am. And I was contacted about coming down and I knew of your band. So I, boom, immediately came. We hung out, we played golf, we became good friends and... And talk a little bit about the success you've had with Monday After the Masters and I mean, the charities involved. It's just been an amazing thing. When you were there early on, Peter, it was South Carolina Junior Golf that started that thing. And they got us involved. And then when they saw how much it grew through us, that's when they said, well, you guys should just take this over and run this thing. And now we're you know, 20 years into that, 25 years into that. And so um, it's just we had no idea that it's something that could last for 25 years and that we could raise over four million dollars for charity um, at this point. So much so that we've been able to start an endowment. So you just can't imagine that level of success. And, and part of what's helped it grow was the people that come every year, the tradition around it and how it became this thing where it's almost the East Coast version of, of the Clambeck kind of thing where uh, we have all these uh, famous people that keep coming back because they want to hang with each other and hang with that community in Myrtle Beach. And it's become a big family kind of thing. And you, early on, you were part of that. And, and, and one of the reasons that we started playing a show around it, people, I'm going to tell you right here that Peter Jacobson came to us and said, hey, man, this is your guys' tournament and people love your band and they want to hear you play music. You should play <laughs> you should play a show when you do this tournament. And we said, you know what, you're right. And we started doing that and it has grown into a huge part of this event. Um, we are now the house band for all the singers that come in to play golf. And then they get up on stage and do a song and we are the, we're the band for this. I mean, could it be any more fun than that? No, it it's is, it so is fun. fun. As a longtime participant and someone who'll be coming back, probably bringing family members and maybe bring Matt Greaser. We'll see John Daly up on stage <laughs> doing will. his famous song, Knocking on Heaven's Door. He did door. it again this year. It was great. <laughs> he it does great. it all the time. But it's, um, uh, it, it's been, I think it's, I think it's a tribute to you and everybody's love of your music, but more importantly, their love of you as individuals, you four guys, that they show up to support what you're doing in the game of golf. And there really is nothing like the game of golf to be able to bring all these different peoples in to support these communities. You're absolutely right. The game of golf is amazing on that level, um, the connection that happens through it on a daily basis. And I always say, you know, this is the only sport I can play with my parents and my kids, you know, name another one. Like, you, you can't really play anything else with the rest of your family, but I can, I can play golf with everybody in my family. Yeah, not everybody can grab a guitar and jump up there and, and play with you. No, but the, it's just such an amazing sport and the connectiv connectivity that's happened through it over the years is, is so cool. And, 
And we felt that early on with this tournament and have tried to make the most out of that. And then in turn, have tried to take the money that we're raising and do the best we can with it here in this state and help the most immediate causes. And um, education has always been high on that list, but recently we've gotten involved with these um, these sort of orphanages around the states and, and the, uh, their youth development centers around the state that are um, taking in kids whose parents are either uh, not able to parent them or have passed on or in jail, so whatever the situation may be, and they're giving them a life and they're giving them education. And so we've been able to help with those programs, which has been amazing. And it's taken our education platform a step further. That's know? fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about it. And and what helps do that? Go have fun and play golf and music once and a laugh, year. And, and laugh. laugh at I each mean, other. come on. It doesn't get much better than that. So, <laughs> so one of the great trips we've taken in our, uh, in our relationship was an exciting trip. We went down to Guantanamo Bay together. I Gitmo. don't know how many years ago, Gitmo, we went down, we took a, uh, uh, we took a military transport plane down and we played golf with the troops and you did a show. Yeah. And heading down there, I wasn't sure how we would be received. And when we got there, the reception we received from all five branches of the military was incredible. Incredible. And remember, we, we brought golf clubs and baseball bats and, and, and gloves and balls. Randy Johnson got us all the uh, baseball. And we got yeah. a bunch of golf equipment. And then we went out and played a little pro-am. Do you remember the nine-hole course we it played? Was, it was just like playing in this open dirt field, and we would drop these turf squares to hit from. I mean, <laughs> never played golf like that in my life. And you could still hit a clean shot off of them. And then I guess they had... The remnants of greens. Yeah, yeah. You know. Remember, we, 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 we. I think it was a former minefield. It was we, a, we were in a minefield. We pledged <laughs> that uh, uh, that it was now the TPC at Guantanamo Bay. Exactly. I it got was... the permission from the tour to do that. Do you remember on the course the iguanas walking all over yeah, the place? Yeah, they were like four and five yeah, just, foot iguanas. It's just like you're on a planet somewhere and I, it's, not, it's not even that earth. was incredible but it, the, the thing that sticks in my mind that night oh we had matt greaser with us too sign yeah, boy yeah. who entertains everybody one of the funniest people he you'll is ever hilarious meet in your life and but, a dear friend but uh the show we did at the very end all the branches of the millet of the military were in the audience and they're all holding up their flags and it, it made me proud it made me proud i know i know guantanamo bay is a it's a it's a controversial thing in the world but What's not controversial is supporting our troops. And these men and women are so brave. They put their lives on the line every day for us to be able to do this podcast, your tour, and for me to that's be able right. to play golf. And that's that's the important message. It is. And, uh, and it was great to, to sort of serve them a little bit and, and bring them a show. And you were great, too. You, you did your uh, imitations, I think. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you let me get up and play with you guys. Absolutely, too, man. Jake's got to get up and play one. Come on. So yeah. you're on tour. And um, how exciting is that to be back out playing live gigs? And I feel like it's something I was born to do. And I haven't gotten to do enough of it over the last 10 years. When you're playing music live, it's like this uh, spirit of the universe just flows through you. And, and, it, and then that in turn just sort of feeds your, your daily life. And so I'm, I'm in the best place I've ever been when I'm on tour. We will catch up with you somewhere on tour. Uh, when you least expect it, you'll get a text from me saying, hey, we're here. We need tickets. Can you sneak us in the back door? So, so get ready for that. Yeah, I got you covered, Peter.
As we all know, we've been hearing about slow play on the PGA Tour, and the PGA Tour Players Committee has met, and they're looking at changing some of the rules, maybe changing the allotted amount of time given to each player. But the one area that I'm confused about is is the area of the Greens book. I, I don't really understand why players think that using those books slow play down. Uh, we've got yardage books in our bag, in our back pocket. We've got rules books in our bag, and and players a lot of times use a green book. I I don't understand why that is going to slow play down. I know Mickelson's says it doesn't. Uh, so many players are are against it. So many players say it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters what color the book is, whether it's red or blue or or your yellow or or. or black or white it doesn't doesn't matter what's wrong with the color green i think if you carry a green book in your back pocket while you play that is not a problem and it, what oh oh a greens book oh oh i see all right never mind it's a jungle in here and we all know it the fans are fired up making sure they show it We're back with Mark Bryan, Hootie and the Blowfish, lead guitarist, co-founder, to play a little this or that. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and you have to give me the quick answer, this or that. Here we go. A good book or a good movie? Good movie. Do you use a special ball marker when you play golf, or do you just throw down a coin? I use a pick. Guitar pick. Like that. Tattoos or piercings? Tattoos. Banana pudding or peach cobbler? Banana pudding. Amen corner or the road hole? Amen corner. Okay, you're at the turn. You want to, you're hungry. Do you grab a hot dog or fruit? Hot dog. Broadway play or rock concert? Rock concert. <laughs> Surprise. Golden Gate Bridge or the Empire State Building? Golden Gate Bridge. Would you rather make a long putt or chip in? Chip in. Greatest player of all time, Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? Tie. Barbecue ribs or fried chicken? Barbecue ribs. Pleated or flat front pants? <laughs> flat front. Cornbread or hush puppies? Cornbread. Would you rather play a dog leg to the left or a dog leg to the right? Right. Do you wear a hat or a visor when you play? Hat. A mint julep or a Bloody Mary? Mint julep. Would you rather eat red licorice or a Reese's peanut butter cup? Reese's peanut butter cup. March Madness or the NBA Finals? March Madness. And the 19th hole question is, will the Washington Redskins win the Super Bowl with Dwayne Haskins as QB? Yes! Yes! <laughs> That's Mark Bryan. Uh, only because you asked me. I would never have made that comment otherwise. I would never have made that statement. That's good. But if you're asking, yes. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours? Yours.